0: Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. your very shaggy and uncoiffed <laughs> co-host. I mean, seriously, right? I'm like thinking here, like, damn, this hair is like not good.
1: For future generation listeners, we are in the middle of our <laughs> stay-at-home <laughs> coronavirus quarantine. <laughs>
0: However, I am here with Dr. Millicent Ravello looks quite put together.
1: I don't know. I would say I'm getting pretty shaggy as well. The yeah, the hair situation is getting a
0: little extreme. It's awful.
1: But here we are.
0: I think let just, you know, hear me out on this. We've got a lot of scissors here. <laughs> you are a surgeon. You can cut this thing, can't you? Can't you help me?
1: You know, I feel like there is some crossover between plastic surgery and right? hair cutting. And I think that I could probably do it, but I don't know if you wanna be the person that I learn on.
0: Let's let's give it a shot because it can't be worse. <laughs> it is so bad. Like a I mean, I look like a sheepdog. It's like not good.
1: There's gonna be a lot of that, I think, coming out. There's gonna be a lot of split ends, a lot of roots, a lot of shaggy eyebrows. There's gonna be oh there's gonna be wrinkles. Like it's gonna
0: be bad. I'm telling you. The, the, the next time when they go through this, they're gonna be like, okay. Next pandemic, the hairdressers do not get shut down. They are essential services. They get issued hazmat suits (laughs) and they got to cut everybody's hair. You know, that's how this goes. I mean, it's awful. It's like, come on, people. Same with the Botox. And I I mean, there's going to be some wrinkled people.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Some unfilled, (laughs) wrinkled folk.
1: Yeah. No, the (laughs) the panicked calls are already coming in. Like, when can I come in? When can I come in? (laughs) It's happening.
0: Well, speaking of wrinkles... Today we are going to talk about fat grafting.
1: I love a good fat grafting.
0: I do too. I think yeah. fat is the, it is just, it's. It's liquid gold. It is universally helpful for like any of our operations. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Except rhinoplasty. I don't really use fat grafting a lot in the nose. Yeah, but. no,
1: probably not. But in general, fat grafting, I see your I see your wheels working. You're like, wait, I like, no. can I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it it hasn't gone well. I think I I don't love fat grafting. No, but no, no, no. <clears throat> I love it for everywhere else.
1: Everywhere else is pretty darn good. So, what is fat grafting? Fat grafting is pretty much what it sounds like. Fat is harvested from a patient. It's their own fat. And it's harvested through liposuction, which is using tiny incisions, small cannula instruments that are attached to suction or some version of suction. And then you are able to literally suck out the fat. You take that fat, you wash it, you process it. There's a couple different ways of doing that, which we can talk about. And then you literally just inject it right back into the same patient in any area that you need it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward removing fat from one area and then putting it somewhere Sticking else it into
1: it's yeah. that angel question that like i don't know most women have always asked why can't i take the fat from this area and put it into this area and usually can. why can't i take it from my butt and put it in my boobs yep.
0: <laughs> and now you can <laughs> back by popular demand this is this is a great operation yeah. it, it is um so the place that I probably do the most frequent fat grafting is the face, you know, and I, you know, tend to take fat from problem areas like in the the medial thighs or, you know, the saddlebag area or from the belly, you know, because I want stubborn fat because yeah. when I put it somewhere else, I want it to stay there and then put it into the face and we use it in the nasolabial folds. We use it for cheeks. We use it for chin wrinkles, lips. Lips are great. Mm. Yeah, Fat grafting for lips, it doesn't stay as long as I like it to over time, whereas it does in like cheeks and yeah. other areas. But I, I love fat grafting the face and I do it with my face lift a lot of times.
1: Right. So basically anywhere you can put filler in the face, you can use fat. And the good thing about fat is that in general, it tends to last longer than fillers because it's your own body. It's your own fat. And anytime I'm putting fat anywhere, I sort of quote my patients and I'd say, you know, about 60 to 70% of the fat that I put in is going to stay. The rest is going to be reabsorbed. And there's a chance you may need to have a repeat round, you know, two or three down the road if you want it, if you need it.
0: Well, absolutely. And for the face, I really think that that stem cell transfer, because when you, when you fat graft, you're also transferring stem cells, which are in the right. fat into the face. And I think that that in the future and in my world, maybe in the very near future where I want to do fat grafting at set intervals to prevent aging. And I, I wanna, think
1: there's something there.
0: I, I think so. Yeah, because I we know that when you're, you know, an 18 year old person that the amount of soft tissue, if you look from their cheekbone out to the skin edge is, you know, say, two centimeters. And that we know that once you're into your 50s, like a guy like me, it's now a centimeter. And then when you're into your 70s, it's like half a centimeter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like crepe paper. And so we know you're going to lose volume over time. So my thinking, and I've been inspired by a few others on this, is to begin maybe in your 30s and begin fat grafting at very set intervals not like putting in like you know I don't want you to be Oliver Bolivar balloon face right. from Dr Seuss by the way um I want you to have you know nice maybe a little layer of fat throughout like maybe a 20 cc fat graft throughout the entire face just to prevent aging what do you think of that um Are you signing up
1: I don't know I you know I have seen this is my one concern because I have seen some patients that have had fat grafting to their face and when they gain weight as they go yeah. through menopause, uh-huh. then it puffs up even more. So I'm not going to sign up right now for your fat grafting, but I'm curious to see where you're going with that. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going <laughs> to sign up yet,
0: but I think I think that there is something to fat graft, especially though into your 50s. Fat grafting mm-hmm. becomes necessary for aesthetics, right. but I'm talking about it as a preventative so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm working it out. I haven't started it, but um, this is I'm dropping this right here on this Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery podcast that that is on my mind.
1: Okay. Well, let's move on down to the, probably the area that I fat graft the most, which is the breast. And so I'm going to talk about what I do for my reconstruction patients with fat grafting. Um, these are my breast cancer patients that have had either a complete mastectomy or they've had partial mastectomies. In the partial mastectomies, they've done a lumpectomy. They've taken a portion of the breast out with the cancer, and now there's a contour deformity or a divot in that part of the breast. Never a, good. A great place to put some fat and sort of camouflage that. I also use it in patients that have had complete mastectomies, and now they have implants, and they just have some areas that need a little bit of an extra volume to smooth out that transition between skin and implant. But where I really like fat grafting is in my patients that have had cancer and or mastectomies and have gotten radiation. So yes. here is where fat grafting is really beneficial. And in these patients, the fat isn't so much to add volume as it is to actually repair the skin and the tissues that have been radiated and that's what i think is super cool so we know that when you radiate anything you basically kill off all the blood supply to that area like it loses its blood supply it becomes very thick woody just unnatural tissue which is nasty it's tissue. nasty tissue it's it's just awful and you can see it the microscope there's no blood vessels there But you transfer some fat in there, and those stem cells that you were talking about literally recruit and allow that tissue in the area to regrow blood vessels. You can see it under the microscope. You can see new blood vessels in this radiated tissue. And the skin in that tissue really can transform into... Healthier, more viable skin and tissue. So that's where I love fat grafting,
0: and I think you're you're right to love it for that because <laughs> it, it does. It's transformed breast reconstruction. Yeah. I mean, oh, things where you had to sure. sw- you had to swap out implants yeah. and try new flaps and all that. Yeah. Now we're we're adding fat in there, and it's doing all kinds of good for the results on on breast reconstruction. Absolutely. Um, in cosmetic augmentations, mm-hmm. though, I I also really like fat yep. grafting because. You can cover up rippling of the breast implants like a lot of times you see through thin skin patients, the yeah. rippling and they say, oh, you know, I got to put in Stratus or some alloderm or something like that. Or, um, But the the fat can actually take the place of that and you can fat graft these uh, breast uh, patients, the cosmetic breast patients where before you'd have to like search for a new implant or some, yeah. some additional device. but. A lot of people, like I know of about three or four surgeons that like to use a smaller implant now to get a certain result by placing a small implant and then fat grafting Mm -hmm. around it as a, a composite kind of approach to breast augmentation. Right. Right.
1: Um, and I think that's good for patients that want to be bigger but don't necessarily want an enhanced augmented look. So right. a small implant to give you the volume that you need and then fat over that to give you the more natural look. I think that's a great option. I like fat with my implants, especially in patients that have more of a wider set breast footprint and they have that wide sternum. Putting it in the center can definitely help with the cleavage and giving a more you know, fuller look in the center. I use fat grafting in my breast lift patients um, who need a little bit of extra volume. There's just so many different ways that you can use fat in cosmetic breast. The question I always get is, instead of an implant, can I put in fat? And that's where I always start going. Eh, all right, let's let's talk about that.
0: I do that too. I say, I go. <laughs> you can. You
1: you can.
0: But, but there are better <laughs> options. I, I don't love it for no, just straight not augmentations. Not at
1: all. Not at all.
0: Um, well, I, well, you, you, you <laughs> haven't loved it at all. I, I, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I'll do it. Well, if they really want it.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing you're going to need a couple of rounds of it. At least. One is not going to do it for you. Like we said, you're going to lose 30% of it. You're going to need another. Two, three, sometimes four rounds of fat grafting. And this these, is
0: not an operation for skinny girls. No, like, you gotta you can't, have some, you gotta fat. Gotta you, have some fat I mean, there to give. You have like these, you know, ninety pounds soaking wet, you know, five foot three, you know, model girls come in and say like, "I want to do fat grafting." I'm like, no. "With what? With
1: what? Yeah, you, you know, no. like you gotta like, have
0: fat. You gotta have fat. Right. You gotta go eat a sandwich or something."
1: And even with those, you know, two, three, four rounds of fat grafting. I think the most you can really hope for is maybe a a, a cup increase, an increase from an A to a B, B to a C. Maybe. And you have to have good skin. You can't have any kind of sagging breast. You need to have a nice, tight skin envelope there that can really fill out with the fat. Otherwise, it's just you're not, you're not going to see the effects of it.
0: Mm-mm. No no way. And not you've, you've got to have the patience, too, to go through the several rounds. Yeah. So it's yeah. not cheap.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. Just get an implant. So, yeah. Yeah. Get a small implant. We'll put some fat around we're it. We're all about the gel implants. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I just had a patient say, do you do saline? We still do saline <laughs> implants. I'm not crazy about them, but I'll do them. Because there was a time that's all we had. Right. You know? And that was before your time. Yes. You were probably in nursery school at that <laughs> time. But that's okay. That's fine. Whatever. Um, the saline implants are not my favorite either, but I'll do them. But I... I don't love fat grafting as a primary no. methodology for breast augmentation.
1: No, it's not great. It's not optimal, but it's a good adjuvant for other techniques. And
0: now, here is where I have done it. I've been happy with it. If with women who have somewhat sizable breasts without implants and they want the enhancement, so then okay. you know if they've sure. aged and they have a they've got a kind of a loss of volume issue, that can be pretty effective because then you have the breast shape already. They just need. A little extra they volume. They just need to pump it up. <laughs> and so that's that works pretty dang well.
1: Yeah, like, I could see that.
0: How do you but, feel about fat grafting in the neck for people who have really skinny necks? Have you ever done that?
1: I have not done that.
0: I have and It's actually worked pretty well. Okay. I've had people who are like super thin, um, especially uh, HIV patients who are on meds. Okay. Um, I've done that. They They just had such thin... You know, it just looked like you could see every yeah. little muscle and everything. They just didn't like it. And the wrinkles were there. So that that's something to keep in mind. It's it's hard. It's actually a difficult I operation. Yeah, because it's really thin already. Yeah. And then you're trying to like lay fat in there really nice. But, the you know, thank you, Sydney Coleman, for the Coleman cannulas. You can do it. It can happen. What about cool. fat grafting for for like buttocks and for the bbls are you are right you a fan?
1: so that's i mean that's the next obvious place right we're going from the top down the next place is the butt and yeah i'm i am a fan of the bbls the brazilian butt lift a total misnomer it really is just fat transfer to the butt
0: right and let's also have everybody please see our podcast yes. on on buttocks on on uh butt augmentation of all kinds because we did go through it in exhaustive right. detail there right. but Uh, But yeah, I think the fat grafting for the buttocks is good, Um, but it is, it is a multiple, like that's the part that I I don't think patients understand is that it's not going to be forever.
1: Well, no, but it will, you know, it's going to act like fat. Once it sticks, it sticks. So what's going to stay stays and it's going to act like fat anywhere else in your body. Right. So if you gain weight, you're going to gain weight in that area. If you lose weight, you're going to lose weight there. So I have some patients who are very are you know, skinny and they say, well, what if I just gain weight and then you can take the fat and put it wherever you want. I'm like, but then you're going to lose weight right after the surgery. And guess what? It's going to go away. So it's not that it stays there permanently, but it will act like your own fat and you will lose it. You will gain it. You know, if you gain weight.
0: Yeah, it, there's there are definite safety concerns about Brazilian butt lifts that I yeah. think we have addressed um, with the instrumentation and how to do it. Um, there was a lot of concern that you know with fat augmentation of the buttocks that you could inject the fat into the deep veins of the of the gluteal muscles right. and you could get fat emboli to the lungs. Um, I think by We've changed the instrumentation. We know to stay superficial that now you can do it and it's very safe. I I can honestly say I've, uh, you know, knock wood, just never had any issues with with fat augmentation of the buttocks because we're doing all those things to make sure that's safe. And it does look great. If you want a bigger booty... Go for it. It works. That's the way to
1: do it. And the same caveat holds true there is you've got to have fat to give. So this is a surgery that's usually yes better in the medium to larger sized women because they have a little more fat to give. You know, the really thin, fit, healthy women, unfortunately, are not going to see as much of a benefit because they just don't have the fat.
0: No, you, you need to have, you got to have the goods. Yeah, yeah you gotta, <laughs> it's true.
1: Now, let's, so let's transition to the synthetic fat because there is Renuva, which is a synthetic fat. People do ask about that. Well, is there a synthetic fat that I can use if I don't have enough of my own? Yes, but it's sold in very, very tiny amounts and that very tiny amount costs a lot of money. So very it's expensive. great for the face, you know, which typically needs a smaller amount. It's good for the breasts if you have little, small, tiny dimples or contours. But if you're thinking that you can build a whole breast or a whole butt with a synthetic fat, I mean, you look. I mean, aside from the fact that it would be incredibly labor intense injecting all these little small aliquots of fat. You're look. You'd be looking at several hundred thousand dollars worth of product.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the issue. And I am a consultant to MTF, who uh, is the supplier of the Renova. So I want to mention that, and in, uh, in sort of full uh, disclosure. But I, I really don't use it. So yeah. I I want to get into it. It's just I haven't had the patient to use it in. Um, and I've seen the results. The results are encouraging. Mm-hmm. It seems like when you inject this al- it's allograft fat, so it's cadaver fat. It's been donated. Or maybe they just have a donation clinic.
1: Yeah, I think I don't know if it's cadaver, but it's yeah. I think it's life fat that's been donated. It's, been, it's like, yeah. so
0: you, like, you go in and get liposuction and your fat goes off to the Renuva factory. Um, I'm not sure if they're <laughs> which, paying for that. Which
1: does solve the question. I can't tell you how many times I'm in the OR doing fat grafting, and if I'm really struggling to get some fat because I need it and the patient's small... I mean, every single person that OR is volunteering. Doc, if you need more fat, I can help you. I can get on the table right now.
0: Getting fat donors is easy.
1: So generous. I
0: know, like everybody wants to donate. Like you can do whatever you want with it. Just suck it out for me, and if I don't have to pay for that part, I'm good. It, it, it is true. I mean, getting fat donors is is not a difficult thing. But the so it's allograft fat, and people say, "Oh, doesn't it get rejected?" Yes, it does because it is. Uh, I think the way that they treat the fat is uh, they detergent wash it, or yeah, do they so they radiate
1: yeah, it? I'll, I'm not sure how they do it, but basically all the live components, all of the allergenic whatever components have been removed.
0: Right. So then, it's um, a
1: matrix, is what they call it. Yeah. It's a matrix. It's a scaffold that your own body can then come and put down collagen and fat into.
0: Right. Because it, because it is allograft fat, it tells when you inject it, it tells you your tells body, the body hey, like hey, you should be putting fat yeah. here. To replace this, and that's what it does, and so it does seem to work very well. You know, the data. You know, MTF is a. a, I can say, as a consultant to them, that they are, you know, a really good company. They're great at getting data. They want to know so that they can improve their products, and uh and it's impressive. I mean, I, I'll do it. I just haven't. I just haven't had a patient. I mostly use their allograft rib and allograft, uh, the mesobiomatrix, which is a, a pig peritoneum product that I use for breast and stuff, but the The is great. I, I think uh, I think the results that I have seen and the consultants that I've talked to, they're all really happy with it. So right. I'm looking for the first patient to try it. Have you used it? I've used
1: it um, in the labia, actually, for a, a lady that didn't want fat grafting in the labia.
0: Hang on a second. We haven't even talked about that yet. You can't <gasps> oh, just you can't oh, just yeah, jump yeah. from the butt and just I know. You, you can't just like like throw a labia
1: we're working our way down so (laughs) we got to the butt let's keep going south so So (laughs) i (laughs) guess we're
0: going back to front which is not how you're supposed to do it um but that's okay uh so this one yeah fat grafting of the labia majora Uh,
1: the labia is great it's a great option so this is for women who typically are a little bit older and with age and with changes in hormones they have lost the volume of the labia majora which are the outer lips of the labia and it can be a cosmetic thing; they just don't like it. It makes them feel like they look older in that area, or it can actually be a functional thing where they it hurts to sit, it hurts to ride a bike, it hurts to do certain things because they've lost that cushioning. And so, fat grafting to that area is a great option. You don't need a lot of fat, and it's literally restoring what's missing. It's just extra volume there. So typically it's fat grafting this particular patient had had a bad experience with another surgeon with liposuction and she was just very nervous so we did the Renuva oh no way yeah
0: and long-term result good great yeah oh, that's, she did a go. couple
1: rounds you know that's the thing it, it's like fat grafting you, and it ain't cheap you need at least two usually three rounds with the Renuva and again not cheap
0: cool what else have you fat crafted hands what, you can uh, yeah, do hands. I, yeah, I, I have not done fat in the hands. I've done I've done other fillers, but yeah. I'm sure fat in the hands works. Hands well. is
1: great. So again, as you get older and your hands start looking like your grandma's, so you get a little veiny, a little bit. You know, fat loss. What it is. It's great. Again, you don't need much. A little bit of fat in between those tendons. You know, you can really plump up and make some youthful looking hands. Because you want the hands to match the neck to match the face.
0: That's right. You, you don't know? want those. You know, <laughs> you don't want to have like old man hands and like a, you know, sp- banging <laughs> facelift. It's like, yeah, mm, no. Not something's not anyway. right here. That's right. <laughs> I've used it for a lot of like defects from like trauma or for, like yeah. one of the things I fat grafted are these, you know, people get allergy shots. If They have an allergic reaction. They get a shot of steroids in their butt and they get this like, looks like somebody cored out right. you know about the tangerine the size. Yeah. I remember having to fat graft a few of those things, you know, where the steroid didn't get into the muscle, it was given subcutaneously and it caused a big defect from steroids. So you can fat graft that uh, you can
1: put fat anywhere. That's a take home message. Fat
0: is Oh, well, you know, it's good for the labia majora, but for the dudes I've seen some fat grafting to the of the penis oh. that have been
1: Oh, really bad! I have not so seen that. So that I,
0: you can't put it anywhere. Okay, I'm that's just going to tell you. All right, out of the gates.
1: Penis aside,
0: <laughs> not good.
1: <laughs> we can't put it everywhere.
0: I, I've <laughs> seen like that's something we could talk about one day. Is like if if you've got a way to enlarge the penis, you you're gonna you're gonna make Billions. more money than you could even spend in 400 lifetimes, but. None of it really works very well. Yeah. And that's been the issue. And And the fat grafting to the penis has been just, it like just doesn't have any place to go. No. It doesn't, I was it's, not say, it's not functional. It's like. And
1: that's a whole different unit. It's got tight spaces and lots of fat. Yeah. It's, you're telling me. So <laughs> the
0: stuff I've seen, and and I haven't seen a lot of it here in LA because I think it go there are a few practitioners that that goes to. But when I was at the University of Pittsburgh, they come into the university with their disasters that oh, have geez. been done. and. You know, we saw like cutting the suspensory ligament and then skin grafting, like,
1: ah. No, thank you.
0: No, you don't, you don't, that's something you never want to see.
1: Well, I think in general, just talking about general risk, the fat grafting, because that's always something we touch on as well. The fat grafting risks are pretty similar anywhere that you put it in the body. Some areas have their own little special uh, increased risk we talked about with the butt. But like we said, you know, expect to lose about 30% of it. Sometimes you can have what's called fat necrosis, and that's where part of the fat doesn't survive. The thing with the fat is it's dependent on the surrounding, t- surrounding tissue to get blood supply. I mean, it has to become a living part of you. And so if some parts of the fat don't get enough blood supply, right. then they die. And the way that you see that as a patient is it's usually a little firm area under the skin, a little nodule, a little hard area, and that's the fat necrosis. And it can be painful. And it can be painful. Um, there is the chance of infection, like with any surgery, which is thankfully pretty uncommon. Um, but generally speaking, I would say fat grafting is very well tolerated.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great technique and it's all about, you know, picking the right candidates in the right places and then doing it the right way. Agreed. Well, this is a very, very enlightening fatty conversation. <laughs> and with that, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is the Medi Spa located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me. Dr. Jay Calvert, Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496, and Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 Westcliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, RockSpaNewportBeach.com or RockSpaBeverlyHills.com. RockSpa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty and if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery. But there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, And I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com. And you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800. And that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office.
1: My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com.
0: We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.